Hello, Chinese friends. Welcome to Spiritual Waimai. 欢迎来到属灵外卖 Delivering the spiritual food to you when you can't get out. 当你无法外出的时候，我们为你速递属天灵粮 This Spiritual Waimai article is a part of the series entitled "You're God's Masterpiece: The Genesis Notes." 本期属灵外卖来自特别系列。你是神的杰作，创世纪手记。Studying the book of Genesis to discover direction and hope for your awesome life. 通过研读创世纪，并联系新约的思想，为您的美好生活提供指引和亮光。But Noah, Genesis chapter six, the wickedness of the human race. In just ten generations after the original sin of Adam and Eve, we see the destructive effects of sin overtake the human race. Genesis chapter six, verses five to eight. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil at that time. The Lord regretted that He had made human beings on the earth, and His heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, "I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them." But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Imagine a world where every inclination of the human heart was only evil all the time. This is pretty intense. So intensely bad that the world's condition deeply affected God. He decided to clean the earth. He said, "I am grieved I made them." But at this epically bad moment, there are two words which stand out. But Noah. There is all this terrible wickedness, but Noah. The but is very important, like the turning of a corner, like when you thought the hero in the movie was dead, but then his eyes open and he starts to get up. But Noah. Is a new page in the story of humanity. This reminds me of another important but in the Bible, that also brings shocking new life to a dark scene. Romans chapter six verse twenty-three: For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Just when we see our sin will lead to our own death, just as we fear we are doomed. There is the powerful word, but, and we are revived as we realize there is hope—the gift of God in Christ Jesus. And right when all of humanity seems to be doomed due to its total wickedness, God saw the one righteous person and paused. He wanted to destroy all He had made, but then He saw Noah. There was hope. Noah versus the rest of the world. Genesis chapter six verses nine to thirteen. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons: Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, 
I'm going to put an end to all the people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. We see this is really Noah versus the rest of the world. It seems he is completely unique and solitary in his righteous and blameless life. The result of Noah's righteousness was he walked with God. The result of the wickedness and evil in the world was corruption and violence. Where have we heard the phrase, walked with God, before? Which one of Noah's ancestors walked with God? Noah's great-grandfather, Enoch. Enoch was the great-grandfather of Noah. Noah never met Enoch, but Noah's father, Lamech, and grandfather, Methuselah, were alive during Enoch's lifetime. During Enoch's short life of only 365 years, short compared to his family members, he was a prophet who prophesied the coming destruction of the world. He named his own son Methuselah, meaning when he dies, then judgment, foretelling the coming judgment. Both Enoch and Noah walked with God. As they walked with God, they knew God's heart. God hated the corruption of the world and wanted to destroy the world. God also wanted his people to repent and turn. So he spoke to Enoch and Noah about the dilemma, and he used these two men to call the people to repent. Let's remember the verses about Enoch. Jude chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts they have committed in their ungodliness and of all the defiant words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. The New Testament has some things to say about Noah as well. In 2 Peter 2, verse 5, Peter describes Noah as a preacher of righteousness. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. And Hebrews states, By his faith Noah condemned the world. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that was is in keeping with faith. There is a privilege for those who walk with God. God shares his plans with them. He gives them his message to proclaim, and he protects them from the wickedness of the world. He took Enoch to heaven, and he hid Noah in an ark. We also see wickedness, corruption, and violence in our world today. How can we be like Enoch and Noah, bringing God's message to those around us? God's Provision and Protection Genesis chapter 6, verses 14 to 17 So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. 
The arc is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. God gave Noah the exact plan on how to build this ark. His major points are the dimensions of the ark, it must be large enough, how to keep the ark waterproof, the ark must keep out of the flood water, who to bring in the ark, Noah's family and all animals, bring food, there must be enough food for all people and animals. God also told Noah that he would protect him and his family and provide all that they needed to survive. Genesis chapter 6 verses 18 to 22. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you, two of every kind of bird, every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Though God is going to destroy the earth, he is also going to protect Noah in the ark. This ark is a very special and safe place. The ark is large enough to preserve Noah, his family, and the animals. The ark will serve two major purposes. One, keep out the destructive floodwaters. This is God's protection. Two, provide food and shelter for those inside. This is God's provision. Through Jesus Christ, we can also have protection and provision as we live in a world full of wickedness and destruction. Jesus can be an ark for us as we hide our life in his life. He protects us from the wicked and evil influences of the world. And when we live with him, he provides for us everything we need. Psalm chapter 32 verses 6 and 7. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. The First Covenant After God gives Noah the instructions for the building of the ark, he introduces a new word, covenant. A covenant is like a contract or an agreement, which is between two people who have a close relationship, similar to a legal and relational agreement. We can have a contract with our employer, but there is no love in the contract, only a formal agreement. A covenant is something personal. When two people get married, they receive a formal marriage certificate. When Christians make a marriage covenant with one another, the pledge is usually done by saying vows before God and other people in a church. This is a covenant, a legal agreement that is relational and very personal. Once more in this chapter, we see a very important but. God tells Noah his plan to destroy all life. And after he tells Noah of the plan, planned destruction, he says, but. Just when all seems lost, God uses this beautiful word, covenant. 
Genesis chapter 6, verses 17 to 18. I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. The first time we hear the word covenant is here, between God and Noah. What a reassurance this must have been to Noah. God was going to destroy the world. Would he also destroy Noah? How did Noah know he would also not die? Did Noah have any assurance? Yes, he did. God said he would make a covenant, a legal and personal agreement between God and Noah, the man who walked with God. Jesus is our ark. Jesus is our covenant. Today we also live in a dark, corrupt world. Will we be like Noah, walking with God, responding to what God tells us to do even when the world is walking in a different direction? Jesus is our ark. We enter a relationship with Him. In Him is all the protection and provision we need. And with Him we have a covenant relationship. An agreement with Jesus is personal and life-saving. At the Lord's Last Supper, Jesus spoke of the covenant he was making with all people. Luke chapter 22, verses 19 and 20. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Have you made a covenant with Jesus? Have you received the free gift of God, which is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord? Thanks for having some spiritual waimai with us. We hope that you liked it and that it fed your soul. And we hope you come back for some more. We love ya. 我们爱你哟。